victimless crime. I, I, I don't even know how somebody could even say that. As far as the stigma goes, um, I found uh, picture two people talking about how they lost their child. They had just met, and uh, you know, say this one woman says to the other, "I lost my child." Oh, how did that happen? Car accident or fire? No, it was gang related. Oh, oh, the all knowing. Oh, uh, changes everything. I think society views that you're in a high-risk lifestyle, that uh, it comes with the territory, that you deserve what you got. Um, as long as it dis doesn't hit home or happen to somebody you love or care about, then it, it doesn't have a lot of meaning. I don't blame them for the way they feel sometimes. I think that there's so much of it now that people do become callous and really think, and you hear it and you see it in the newspaper, well, that was their lifestyle, they deserved it. Good, another one gone. You see it listed on a blog. I would ask them to really examine their thoughts and, and uh, comments, I guess, that are coming from uh, the point of view that they look at a victim as someone who's essentially not a human, because they are. It doesn't matter if they're a gangster. They're someone's child, they're someone's brother, sister, husband, wife, father. Um, and I think they need to rethink those comments because those people, every one of them started as children, innocent, and could have been going in any direction. They just happened to end up being killed because of their choices. Um, but they're no less of a person than any other victim of a homicide. They failed to see the horrible, horrible uh, truth of how people are killed and executed and the ripple effect that it happens through families and friends of families. And one person getting killed can affect hundreds. It's the family, it's the friends, and I think we forget about those friends sometimes, but they're just as important as that family and everyone else that they associate with. That probably, for me, sometimes is the hardest thing, is to watch this group of friends that were kind of a, a tight group of friends shatter apart. They're no longer all friends. Some of them have had really a tough time afterwards. Some of them have turned to, to drugs to kind of compensate for the loss. Um, others have gone on to do well, and those obviously don't associate with some of the others. Others have been charged with crimes. Uh, it's, it's sad to watch what's happened. There shouldn't be a stigma on how somebody dies. And People can be cruel, as I say, but when it happens to a family member or somebody that they know or love, it changes everything, absolutely everything. I think when your child is murdered, it's losing your child is bad. When they're murdered in, or killed intentionally, it's, uh, I think it stays with you for life. It's definitely something you never get over and you try to live with. Uh, 
When somebody says that uh, life has lost its meaning, I never quite understood that until this happened. And it truly does. Um, just going through the motions of the day, having a meal, food doesn't taste the same. Uh, every activity, it's not the same anymore. You struggle day in and day out, trying to make life worth living again. And when you have a moment to smile or feel good, not trying to feel guilty at that moment that you shouldn't be enjoying life again. Uh, victimless? I don't think so. People stereotype because that would never be my family. But, you know, in reality, you could probably look in your family and find that there is somebody in your group of family, in your family tree somewhere doing this. So it affects you too. It affects society as a whole. It's not faceless or nameless. I would say go and meet my parents because my parents are the two most normal people you could ever imagine in your entire lives. They, they are totally in full support of the courts. They believe in right and wrong. They taught me right and wrong. And I knew the difference between right and wrong, but I just didn't care. I made my own choices. I rebelled from an early age. And any parent who thinks that his kid or their kid isn't capable of it is fooling themselves. Because if you looked at me from purely the characteristics of my upbringing and my socioeconomic status, I'm the last person you would think that would get involved, but I did. So picture this, I'm the District 2 commander, so the downtown east side commander in the Vancouver Police Department a number of years ago. And uh, pretty much the Hispanics have been controlling the drug trade there for a long time. And my members come to me and say, hey, this new gang has taken over the market down in the downtown east side. And I go, okay, new gang, that's not weird. Who are they? Well, they're called the UN gang. And I thought, well, that's a pretty... For gang names, that one's pretty cool. That's different. What, what's that all about? And they go, well, we're, and I'm like, we're, we're, what's that all about? Where are they from? What's happening? They go, well, no, they're a gang that's risen in the Fraser Valley. And I go, pardon? Yeah, no, they've risen in the Fraser Valley. They've risen in the Bible Belt. They've risen in this rural, you know, heaven outside of Vancouver that's supposed to be the perfect place to raise your kids. That's where this gang came from. And it was a successful gang. Over 200 members, very wealthy, very well organized. And the reason is, there was an opportunity to make money. Uh, and it happened in a place where everybody said it shouldn't happen. And it's now happening everywhere. It's happening all through BC. And if you, you don't see it, it's because you're not looking. Yeah, I, I don't think there is a stereotype anymore. If you start to look down that list of people that have been murdered or that have been charged, they come from every walk of life. They can be university students, high school students, professionals, it doesn't matter. That perhaps at one time there was uh, uh, old school, people had a stereotypical view of uh, biker, gangster, bad person. That's totally blurred today. But anybody's child could be on that list. It could be yours and it was mine. And I never, for a moment, even fathomed that that's where that would end up and what Sean really was involved in. I had no clue until after he'd been murdered. 
So it really is anybody's child and unfortunately it could be yours. I hope to God it's not. And I hope to God that if they make that wrong choice, you can stop it. Because I didn't have, I, I didn't get to do that. Even if you make bad choices in your life, it's never too late to turn around. And uh, you're, you're never too far gone. You know, don't give up hope on yourself, most importantly. Um, but you have to want to do it, you know? You have to want to get better. I would really started to think that maybe, maybe this wasn't for me. Maybe I'd made some bad choices. Maybe it was time to, to rethink my life again. And uh, so I decided that when I got out, I was gonna try to try to make a go of it in a normal life. So I was eventually released on parole. Uh, when I got out, I managed to reconnect with my family. And uh, it's been tough, but I've managed to stick with it. Uh, now I'm in my third year of university working towards a degree in criminology and psychology. And uh, to be honest, in the years that followed me quitting, I've had so many milestones that I could be happy and proud of, like school, meeting my fiance, buying, buying a condo. I mean, this is stuff that I thought was totally out of my reach. I mean, for so long, I couldn't even leave the lower mainland. The feeling of just being able to walk into an airport was amazing. Just being able to clear customs to have a passport. It just, I mean, I, I went to China for a month. I was in a foreign country halfway across the world and it was like nothing I'd ever experienced. It literally meant the world to me. That it matters when we intervene. We, you know, we had a, um a running battle between two groups of young people in Abbotsford who were who were not really into gangs yet, who were, and it was the next step. And they were hitting each other with baseball bats and, and having rumbles with, with pepper spray and, and batons and, and knives and all those things going on between these two groups as they enjoyed their conflict, believe it or not. And we intervened. We brought in a mediator and we talked to their parents and we did all these steps. And of the 25 kids, 21 of them, just kind of grew up. They kind of, okay, they're actually stopping me from doing this. I'm going to stop. Four of the kids continued on uh, and have entered a criminal lifestyle. And so you can't, we can't affect the outcomes for a number of kids and we're not gonna get them all. So let's always try. If you do still choose to do this, to go into something like that, then make sure you let your family know that you love them. Um, 
give them something that they can keep close to them when you're gone because you will likely be gone. I would say if you believe that you love your parents and you didn't want them to suffer for the rest of their lives, that you wouldn't do this to them or to yourself. When my daughter was first born, you know, uh, my first daughter, uh, something just sparked in me, you know? I was just holding her and I just knew that I had to change, you know, or else I wasn't gonna be able to, you know, be there for her growing up. I wasn't gonna see her walk down the aisle. I wasn't gonna pay her university tuition, right? And, uh, you know, I promised her that I was gonna be there. And that's a promise I intend to keep. And the only way I can keep that promise is by being a good person.